live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. After four games to start the season at home, the Notre Dame football team finally heads on the road this afternoon for the first time in 2020. The 4-0 third-ranked Irish take on 3-3 Pitt at 3.30 this afternoon. Notre Dame looking to pull it together after a lackluster 12-7 win over Louisville last Saturday. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. And Kevin, uh... First road game of the year. Offense stunk last week, to put it uh, mildly. <laughs> Pitt's defensive front is really good. Yeah, their I whole defense is pretty good. I don't know how you are feeling, but I'm I'm a little worried about this game here today, about what Notre Dame will be able to do and achieve against, uh, against Pitt. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of questions. I guess just first and foremost... If you look at uh, Notre Dame, what kind of team are they really? I mean, we know that they have obviously some strengths. They're number three in the country. Um, but, man, they also have a lot of question marks too. And and the Louisville game was just so close. And then Pitt is dangerous uh, in many ways. Yeah, Pitt's uh, record is maybe deceiving. 3-3, three and 2-3 three, and three in the ACC, won the first three games, lost the three games. Their starting quarterback is likely not going to play here today. So there's a lot of negatives on their side too, but that doesn't mean that they can't be that Pitt team that's a pain in the butt like they often are against Notre Dame. We saw that two yeah. years ago at Notre Dame Stadium. They like to be a pain in the butt against Notre Dame, and that – that definitely could be the case here today again. Well, and they had a close game with Louisville themselves. They won uh, twenty-three to twenty, and it was it was nice and physical. It was a lot like the Louisville Notre Dame game. So you can't always go, you know, by uh, what other teams do. But it was it's going to be interesting because they can run the ball. They're tough on defense. Well, so. and, and their losses have they lost to NC State thirty to twenty-nine, lost to Boston College thirty-one thirty in overtime, lost to at Miami 31-19. They haven't blown out in any of their yeah. games. They've been right there. Now, should they lose to NC State and BC? You know, that's a different argument. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact that they've been in it is is a different story, too. All right. On tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith interview is with Leprechaun Pat Johnson. The New Yorker idolized the Leprechaun as a kid, even dressed up as him for Halloween as a child, and is now living out a dream how not quitting and faith got him to this point next segment we will give our individual grades position by position through the first four games wide receivers look out we will take a we will talk a lot about the challenges facing the Irish right now including the sluggish red zone offense in just a few minutes but let's let's start with the latest in terms of injuries and COVID updates uh, last week we reported on the show that Notre Dame had zero players out for COVID-19. Notre Dame said Monday one player tested positive with another in quarantine as a close contact. The good news is on the field, obviously, most importantly, you want those players to be healthy. But in terms of the on-the-field play, neither player on the two-deep, uh, Coach Kelly said Thursday. So it is not a guy that normally sees the field. So that's positive in terms of the gameplay itself. Injury mm -hmm. updates. Wide receiver Lawrence Keyes is back after clearing concussion protocol. We'll see if he's back on punt returns. Uh, backup offensive lineman Josh Lug. Ankle injury is out. He's been 
banged up by this angle injury for a few weeks. That's why we saw Dylan Gibbons against Florida State. Uh, BK did not give an update on Braden Lindsey, who we have not seen much of at wide receiver, mm -hmm. has a soft tissue injury. Uh, they really need him in this game. Yeah, he totally brings the speed factor to that position. I mean, they, they got to it. the whole offense. Yes, I mean, they they got Tyree, who's really fast mm -hmm. at running back, but, you know, you you can't ask that freshman running back maybe to do too much in terms of they're not going to split him out, you know. Yeah. At least maybe they should if, if <laughs> they could use some help on the wide receiver front. Um, all right, so is this the third ranked team in the country? Man, I think going into the season with the expectations with the people they return, the offensive line and the uh, quarterback, and obviously the defense is really good. Um, yeah, I would think so, but <laughs> I don't feel quite good saying it after that Louisville game. It was just way too close. I'm looking through the other side of the glass, and our producer, <laughs> Ilya Glassman, just gave a thumbs down. He's the biggest Notre Dame homer yeah. there is, and this guy is saying, and this guy is saying, I don't know. And they might not be after this week because Big Ten's starting. So Ohio yeah, State. Other people are starting to play. <laughs> so yeah. Ohio State wins by 60 today. They may jump up above uh, up above the, uh, Notre Dame pretty quick. So, um, ah, man, that per I, I you remember last week, I was throwing up red flags because of their performance against Florida State. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny part is Florida State then goes and beats North Carolina. So <laughs> maybe Florida State's not as bad as we think. I don't know. Or maybe North Carolina, is, you know, what's the old Denny Green saying? They are who we thought they were. Yeah. And they're not the fifth-ranked <laughs> team in the country. <laughs> it's so, just a tough year. I mean, you can't, you almost can't go by the other games and – well, you're only paying conference teams, so yeah. it gets it's so it gets convol convoluted. All right, um, we asked a confidence poll in light of this. Uh, I asked on Twitter with the way the Irish played last week, how confident are you that Notre Dame wins at Pitt? Very confident, confident, concerned, very concerned were the options. Very confident, thirty one percent. Confident, thirty one percent. Concerned. We're updating this 30 percent and very concerned 9 percent. So still 61 percent are confident, at least confident mm -hmm. they're going to win here today. But 39 percent now in that concerned range. I think if you asked that poll question a week ago, even about the pick game, I think it'd be like a 89 percent confident, 11 percent concerned. You know, what I mean, it wouldn't be yeah. that high. Um, I'd say I went from very confident before kickoff last week to now I'm huh, confident. I mean, they're they're pretty good. So, but you, so I was just I would ask, drop it down a little bit. Yeah. Are you in that? <laughs> are you in the confident range or the concerned I, range? I'm in the confident range. I think that they should win, but it's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, it's going to be a lot like Louisville. Honestly, I think I, I think it's going to be close. Yes, I. If you'd have told me, if you would have said Notre Dame's going to win a game in October, twelve to seven. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, okay, that's the pick game. Those those guys are always <laughs> a pain in the butt, right? You know what I mean? What happened last week is exactly what I thought could happen against Pitt. Yeah, well, maybe they got it out of their system a week early. Well, now you're just hoping it. they just escape <laughs> with that 12-7 win if you're a Notre Dame fan. I, I'm definitely in the concern range. That yeah. doesn't mean I don't think they're going to win. I, I, I do think they'll win, but I'm... I'm concerned. There's, and maybe that's the, maybe, the, like you said, they got it out of their system. Maybe it's the wake up call. Maybe they realize they're not going to just walk in and win next week or this week. And maybe that helps them, right? Maybe that gets them 
to that point of urgency that Brian Kelly talked about this week, that they need to have urgency. They haven't had that. Um, and I don't know if that's coach talk. You could tell me. Is that coach talk when you say our team prepares well, but they don't have urgency? I, you know, what, weren't we going into last week that it was their first week of normal practice, and then yes. they had an abnormal game? So I don't know. I mean, it's all over the place. It's, who knows? But I do know that uh, Pitt's coach Narduzzi is good, and they do a lot of similar things with uh, that Louisville did. So not necessarily he's not going to stick to the exact same game plan but you're sure going to have to answer any of the little problem issues that you had x and o wise uh, cuz he's going to come at you with the same stuff that Louisville gave you trouble with in terms of that confidence poll Brandon wrote I'm very confident that they need Lindsey Tyree Johnson and Mayer on the field more very funny mm-hmm. he's not I don't know about Johnson but they definitely need Lindsey Tyree and Ma- they are not using I don't feel like they use Mayer nearly enough at tight end um, I know he's a well, freshman. Got so many good ones, but he's—I <laughs> know, but maybe I mean, they should just scrap the uh, wide receiver position. Just, yeah, three just, tight ends. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Mitchell wrote, "I'm worried that they will overthink things and not just play loose and free. If ND just plays and blocks out the noise, I could see them steamrolling a majority of their opponents." Okay, I, in normal years I'd agree with Mitchell, but what noise was there last week? Like they didn't good play. Point. <laughs> they didn't play bad because of noise last week. I, I don't know why they play bad, but they didn't play bad because of noise. So I don't know. I'm hoping that the noise helps them, actually. It's the other yeah. way around. I'm hoping that it lights a fire under them and, 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 and it helps out in, in that regard. All right. Uh, did you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is the largest Catholic credit union in the country? Notre Dame FCU has served over 800 Catholic entities in over 25 dioceses nationwide. These include colleges, parishes, schools, food pantries, homeless shelters, and Catholic radio stations, including Redeemer Radio. Member-owned not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You raise share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. At least I'll say this. When you play the way they did last week it gives us plenty to talk about on this show it's true um you know not like a couple of weeks where we weren't sure what we were going to discuss to fill it in all right going on the road this is the latest in a season Notre Dame has ever played its first road game since 1980 and that was also at Pittsburgh and Notre Dame lost so you don't want to I'm sorry in 80 years (laughs) since 1940 I apologize I screwed that up so it was a the last time Notre Dame played a road game this late in the season was 1940, 80 years ago. Wow. So, uh, which makes sense. I mean, they were supposed to play at Wake Forest, remember? So it wasn't like it was scheduled to be this way. Yeah. Um, talk about weird routines. They practiced in South Bend yesterday. They ate team meal on Friday in South Bend. Then they flew to Pittsburgh. No food allowed on the plane, which I imagine is weird for the players. Like, this is where they normally probably love to eat mm-hmm. and uh right to the hotel snack into bed they they would be probably eating pregame meal right now uh, or i'm sorry uh breakfast was to go right now at the hotel back to their hotel rooms and then they're going to eat pregame meal at heinz field basically they want no interaction with as little yeah. interaction as possible on the road so that's a total different dichotomy than we're than you're used to in a road setting. It's going to be different. It'll definitely be different. But, I mean, the whole year has been <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. So, I guess they should just be thankful that, you know, they're still playing. And they've actually weathered a lot of the, the COVID storm with all the uh, people that have had it and then gotten better in and out. And so, 
Whew. All right, so this is going to be a battle in the trenches. Uh, Notre sure. Dame, we know, has a good rush offense, seventh in the country, 5.83 yards per carry, 26, 261 yards per game. Pitt has the number one rush defense in the country, and they've played six games. They're giving up 1.85 yards per carry, just 61.5 yards per game. Here's what Brian Kelly and offensive guard Aaron Banks had to say about the matchup in the trenches. Look, Pat Narduzzi coach football team is is tough. It's rugged. They're 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 always going to play uh, Notre Dame hard, um, and 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 they've got some game wreckers on defense. Is this a game as an offensive line you guys kind of look forward to a, a battle in the trenches? Uh, yeah, they're a pretty face tough defense. Um, gritty guys, um, I think. We like. I think that they're kind of similar to our defense and the fact that they just play really hard. I think it'll be a good test for us to come out and play very physical. Um, it's going to be a hard game. Um, it's going to be a fist fight. Going to be a fist fight. I, li- I like the way to say that because that's what it feels like. It, it might. Be, I know it's Catholic radio station. We shouldn't talk about <laughs> fist fighting. But, um, you know, when your strength goes up against their strength, that's yeah. a tough matchup, especially when your weakness is really, really bad. And that's the pass game. It's just not been good. So if... Pitt shuts down Notre Dame's run game. Yeah. I mean, that is – what happens then today? I, I don't know. Do you think Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball in Pittsburgh today? Um, I do, but the the trouble with Pitt is that they're really sound. You know, they're much like Notre Dame's defense in that they do not get themselves out of position. Their defensive line is uh, really physical. Their linebackers are really aggressive. The uh, another strength would be their safeties. Um, they their safeties are really locked into run fits, so they can be super aggressive. The problem, <laughs> I guess, the the opportunity would be if, in theory, you can run play action, then throw it over their head. The problem would be who are you going to throw it over their head to? <laughs> like you can well, get they, people wide open, but uh, you know, I don't know if a ten yard out's going to do that. Um, I mean, they haven't had passes over five yards. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember the stat. I saw a stat that was crazy this week that showed that uh, they, they, they just don't go downfield no. and, and that would be where the weakness would be so yeah they're gonna have everyone locked in to uh stop the run and they're good at it um and then you know their their uh their defensive line they're good at uh pass rush too so that's a little scary um was it they're averaging 4.8 sacks per game to lead the acc so i mean yeah they're, they're good sound defense and even though uh, Notre Dame's strength is their offensive line and offense, whew, it's going to be a tough one. Watch Notre Dame win 38-6. to six, cause Of course, because we, we, <laughs> we talked about it too, close, too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's my other concern. Red zone offense. It's been a problem. 20 trips to the red zone, 16 scores, but only 12 touchdowns. So four field goals. Now, they did kneel it twice, so I think you, you have to kind of almost – Take that away, right? Mm-hmm. The end of the game in that. But if we if we even go twelve uh, out of eighteen, that's sixty seven percent. Last year they were seventy six percent. They were forty two of fifty five in terms of scoring touchdowns when in the red zone. Uh, I, I, it's I'm just a- strange because again, a condensed field or closer to the end zone. We have a they're they're better at running the ball this year it's than last strange. year. I'll give you the reason why it's not strange. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. <laughs> he can't throw it up, and there's no one like him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's pretty good on Sundays now, so I guess, yeah. <laughs> he might. He might. I, I don't know if 
Pittsburgh is on the road or at home, but I know I saw him. Uh, I, I he had a he's walking a fine line this week. I saw him talking trash about Pitt this week, so he's like in that weird situation. He's got to defend his boys and everything. Here's uh, Brian Kelly talking about the red zone offense. We've got to be better in that area moving forward. Um, and look, I think it's 16 of 21. Um, in, in the red zone in particular. Now in three instances, that was head coach controlled. In other words, twice I called for the ball to be run out, um, that we would run the ball to end the game. And one I called a, a fake field goal. So, you know, we're 16 of 19 in terms of scoring in that area. That's still not good enough. Um, so this isn't to explain away anything. Uh, this is that we need to be better We've examined every area, and there's a lot of pieces to that that um, you can imagine that my attention is at 100% on um, that's got to be better. And um, for us, it's been a lack of execution, uh, detailed execution. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we have to spend more time. We have to allocate more time and practice for it. Uh, and, and playmakers need to make plays down there as well. And, and that's quarterbacks, receivers, offensive linemen, you know, coaches have to be able to uh, highlight individual players down there. We have to put packages together that look, uh, I'm, I'm not here to make analogies in, in all circumstances, but it's a power play in a sense that, you know, you've got to put your sharpshooters in position to score down there too. So, you know, all of that is part of it. And, and you're, you know, you're putting your offense against what defenses like to do in that area as well. So there's a bit of a chess match. There's a bit of a, um, you know, matchups are, are important down there. Um, as you get closer, um, there's a will down there. You know, we think we can run the ball in on anybody down there. Uh, we've been in high red situations and in, in mid-range red situations where where a lot of our issues have been uh, for the most part. Uh, we can run the ball on anyone down there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about today, and that that's what concerns me. You know, you say, okay, can they run the ball against Pitt? Number one rush defense, man. <sighs> run the ball against them in the red zone when they can pack the box pack the box even more. Because there's less of a field behind them. I mean, I feel like they're going to have a lot of trouble running the ball in the red zone. I mean, you want to be down there. But um, I I think they're going to have to probably throw the ball in the red zone to, to score touchdowns. I don't know. What do you think? Well, with that lack of uh, vertical threat, the whole field's kind of like a red zone. Those <laughs> safeties, to, they don't have to worry about anybody getting behind them. And they're already, you know, just hit the – their style of play is going to be really aggressive down there. Um, you know, maybe I guess you go back to your strengths. So you could use your tight ends, get them the ball. If you're going to go into the passing game, but yeah, I, I don't see like a, a chase Claypool <laughs> well, this year or I mean, anyone even similar. To but I honest. go, I go back to it. Maybe Michael Mayer can be that because he's the one that's the, yeah. the athletic type out of those tight ends. I mean, Trumbull's athletic too, but I don't know if Trumbull's got the the height and the range. Yeah, you know that that Mayer does, and I I feel like Mayer could do that. He could I mean, be the answer. I mean, certainly Kyle Rudolph was that back in the day, and I think yeah. Mayer can be that fit. Like, I mean, if you isolate Michael Mayer one on one with on a one linebacker side, or say anybody should have a physical advantage. I mean, 
That's pretty crazy though. We're talking about a freshman, right? Well, that's what we're down to. I mean, you got you got you got a. I mean, Gronkowski did a video about him officially coining him as Baby Gronk. So, oh, very cool. Uh, everyone's upset about that because they don't want him to be called Baby Gronk. But when Gronk gets on a FaceTime call with the kid and calls him Baby Gronk, by the way, check it out. It's it's a bizarre video. Gronk is a strange individual. It is. It he's talking about cuddling. I don't know. It was it was it was odd. It was an odd, odd, strange video. Um, we'll talk about Ian Book in the next segment as we break down uh, position by position. Okay. But overall, in the red zone, do you think Notre Dame will see success today? Um, I, you know, I don't know. Sorry I about let, the moment of silence. I don't know. <laughs> no, the, I the little game threw me off. <laughs> I think your moment of silence spoke volumes. Actually, I, I mean, we just gotta wait and see. I, I don't know. I. Again, we're matching strength on strength. Offensive line, tight end, running backs for Notre Dame versus a really aggressive, tough pit defense that's good at all levels and stops the run. All right, so we've talked a lot about this game, and we've hinted at – we haven't hinted at We've talked about what are the strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. of this offensive lot. Uh, uh, but let's uh, – we're going to break things down position by position. Coming up four games into the season, we're giving out our grades position by position. Look out, uh, wide receivers group. Uh, you can already tell it's not going to look uh, pretty coming up. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! If you like football, and I'm pretty sure you do if you're listening to this, then how about a new Redeemer Radio show hosted by a former Super Bowl champion? One catch, the show isn't about football. It's hosted by Chris Godfrey and called The Sandwich Generation. The show talks about those who are caring for their aging parents while also raising their own children. A lot of great real-life lessons here. New episodes on Mondays at 12.30 p.m. here on Redeemer Radio. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame and Pitt coming up at 3.30. First road game of the season for the Irish. Okay, uh, four games into the season. We're going to go through our uh, grades position by position and let's start with that quarterback Ian Book who we have not actually really name checked in that first segment despite talking about Notre Dame's confusing offense um I think neither of us is really blaming Book for what's going on but also feeling he could be better is that kind of where you're at yeah I think expectations of somebody with that much experience and again it showed explosiveness that he would be an A plus, you know, we'd be talking about that grade, but um, I actually went B plus because I mean he's he's good, and I guess my head scratcher would be okay. The wide receiver position's a lot weaker than last year, so you get some drops. You have different guys in there. There was Nothing's a lot of really... drops. There was a lot of drops. A lot. Mc- so McKinley dropped a lot of balls last week. Yeah, no, he did. It was pleasantly surprising when he actually caught one. Right. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean they 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 have issues at wide receiver. 
I guess what for me, I don't know what he's being taught. Like, what are his reads? What the the head scratcher for me is when it looks like protection's pretty strong, and then he starts running around. Like, I don't know if it's because a read went wrong. You know, it, it's too simple or too complex. Whatever's happening, I just I don't know. I guess giving up sacks when it starting to run around when there's no pressure is weird to me. I, I went with a B. I definitely think he could be better, but I think he is a quarterback who is going to be very good when he has good weapons around him mm-hmm. and won't make mistakes when he has good weapons around him. You know, see, throwing to Chase Claypool. But remember, last year, it took a little while before they got things going. Yeah. You know, he was struggling, and I think it's because it took a little while to get that that chemistry with his, his wide receivers. Claypool came on, you know, in the second half of the season last year. So I went with a B. I just don't think he's necessarily... The he's not Trevor Lawrence. Well, he's not, he's not that. So he's not the guy that he's not he's not gonna make the plays regardless of who's out there. He needs he needs true. weapons around him. But again, I think the game was really, at least in my mind, in question <laughs> against Louisville until he scored that touchdown. Oh, uh, uh, you know what I mean? So I, I I, I'm this. with you. <laughs> I should say this: he's not uh, the difference maker in terms of throwing the ball downfield and making a big touchdown play. In terms, they've of, not asked him to this year. Well, I don't or know he's he not can. chosen to. Oh, he can throw. It's just uh, <laughs> you well, don't want to throw to no one. <laughs> that, that's true. But uh, yes, he can scramble and he can run. And that yeah. touchdown was electric and big. So I don't want to take away what he can do. And the fact that he's a gamer, he's a winner. He's for sure. He, he's second in the country in winning percentage for quarterbacks who have started twenty games. So well, and we've watched him. I mean, another thing. You know, as they say, the team gets off to a slow start. He does better when he's kind of a little physical, gets after it, runs a little bit early, maybe even gets hit, and then he seems to kind of settle in. But I don't know. It, I expected more from him. So he's uh, good. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the better Notre Dame quarterbacks that we've seen in our lifetime. They're the number three team in the country, but man, <laughs> you, you just want great, right? All right, uh, at this rate, we're going to be over by kickoff, uh, grading our <laughs> positions. Let, we'll, we'll pick up the pace on this one. Running backs, I think this one's pretty clear. I think we're both pretty pleased with what they've done. Uh, yeah, A, they're explosive. They have uh, depth. They have three people that can be difference makers. Yeah, it's great. I just went A- minus simply because I think the offensive line gets should deserve sure, a lot of that, that. A lot of the credit for that. Uh, so I think if you put last year's running back group with this year's offensive line, they yep. would have looked a lot better when last year we were saying, these running backs aren't that, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, so it's the same thing with Josh Adams a couple of years ago. I mean, when he had he had that offensive line, yeah. he was he looked great. He was 33 trucking. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to spend a couple minutes. Well, let, let, we're gonna, we'll are we save the, them for a little bit. <laughs> offensive line, um, I think in the same boat. I went A minus. Yeah, I went A. I mean, they're really good. And they even had a couple different guys go in. I mean, they're good. Yeah, I mean, they didn't miss a beat against Florida State when Dylan Gibbons had to go in and Eichenberg was out. They're the strength of the team. I just say A- minus because um, maybe I'm hedging a little bit because I'm interested to see what today brings. Because if we do yeah. this poll, if we did this next week, we might be like, uh, B-. minus. <laughs> you know, so I don't want to I don't want to go totally down that boat. Uh, tight ends. You went with an A. I did. I, I went with a B plus. Here's why. If they're that good, why aren't we throwing it to them more? And I'm wondering if the reason why they look good is because the wide receivers have looked so bad. So you 
Yes. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I see your point for sure. <laughs> so I went B plus on tight ends. I mean, they're an A2 because there's three of them. You got uh, yes. 89, Brock Wright. Tommy Trumbull is one of the best, not just blocking, but he can catch. He can do – I mean, he's so mobile. And then you have the freshman, Baby Gronk. I mean, that's that's a heck of a deal. I know. Three I of them. It makes you kind of wonder, like, huh. Maybe we should package it a little bit more where we at least have – and they they do have two of the three of them on the field a lot. But, yeah, I don't know. And then that brings us to the <laughs> wide receivers on the offensive side of the football. I really don't know. <laughs> I give them a D, and to be honest with you, I mean, they're not average, right? They're, they're not – at least no. their play, I don't know. You know, they – they kind of hyped up some people coming in and out, and there's been drops and different people and injuries. And, uh, I mean. Here's the thing. We say they're not average. Yeah. So we gave them a D. I gave a, I put down a D minus, but do they deserve a passing grade? That's legit. I've, I mean, I mean, that's the question. Like, what have they done? I mean, here's the thing. I guess I'll give them the passing grade for this. They had injuries. And you had Wilkins step up early in the year for, for a game. Okay. Mm-hmm. McKinley was good for the Florida State game against Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. He wasn't good last week, Struggle. but he was good in that game. So they made you it. You haven't diff- had Lindsay. You have Scr- there. Yeah, people are in and out. And we need Kevin Austin to, like, if he's, is he good? Is he ready to go? If he is, <laughs> let me see that Kevin Austin that everyone's been talking about because. Now maybe he's not 100% yet. And maybe one of the things is, you know, we talk about that red zone. Maybe you don't want to throw the jump ball up to Kevin Austin because the guy's coming back from a broken foot. Uh, Maybe a a jump ball in the end zone is probably not the best thing to say, hey, go go jump for the ball. Okay. I I, I was borderline to give them an F. I was ready to funk them because there is a step below F, and that's a zero, and that would be no catches. (laughs) But uh, they're not good. No, they're not. And they need them. They need them today, especially. This is the game they need them more than any other game to this point in the year. It could be a difference maker. And if they don't get them, if they don't get this wide receivers going, they have absolutely no chance against Clemson in a couple weeks. No chance. No chance if they don't get the wide receivers going. All right, let's go to a more friendly side <laughs> where our grades are going to be slightly more positive. And that, although our grades on offense aren't bad, no. except for the wide receivers. No. So you gave A's all the way, except for, or no, you gave a B plus to the quarterback. All right. Uh, defensive line, what do you got? Uh, I went A minus. I, again, I know it's a strength. I know they're very good. Um, and they play lots of people. I I just don't know if they're dominant enough to take over a game versus a decent or a good offensive line. Obviously, versus decent. That's why I went B. We're coming pl- off Louisville. That's why I went B plus. Yeah. I, I just I haven't seen them like dominate. Like, yeah. So I was like, I can't. statistically they're good, but they just don't dominate. Right. So I I feel like I can't give them a, an an A because of that. Uh, linebackers. Uh, you know I went A minus, and again, really. I think they're vastly improved from where they were last year, and they have a lot of depth. Um, yeah, you know, they're yeah. To me, they are uh, they're they're really good. Okay, I would put Jeremiah Usu Carmoa at an A plus plus. Okay, and then Drew White, I'll give an A minus, and then the Buck linebacker position, eh, I don't know. But I mean, maybe Jack Kaiser finally is back up to speed again. We're all evaluating Jack Kaiser based on playing South Florida. Yeah. I don't know if he's good. I'm not saying he's bad because right, right. I actually thought 
uh, people were undervaluing him. So I'm not going to now yeah. go and say we're overvalued. He was uh, a sure tackler. And that's why everyone's <laughs> thinking that. So they've had their issues at the Buck linebacker position, certainly. So, yeah. um, but that's the only reason why I go B plus because they've, they haven't found themselves there. They don't know what they're doing with, with, um, at that position. So yeah. you're at this. Well, I mean, I think they're good. I think they're inside the box. They probably benefit a great deal from having a good defensive line in front of them, too. Yeah. All right. Secondary. Uh, I went with a B. I mean, I think that they are good. I think uh, Kyle Hamilton Hamilton is very good, a difference maker. The corners don't seem bad, and it seems like there's two pretty good ones, which is kind of a change-up from the past couple of years, but I don't know. I, and, and I know, uh, yeah. I, They're going to look good today. Well, <laughs> I, I, I tell you that much. I don't like Pitt. I'm not really. Well, I hope I don't take this back. But I'm not afraid of Pitt's uh, passing game, especially if uh, Kenny Pickett is not playing their quarterback. And so I'm not. I'm not too worried. I went with a B plus. Hmm. I think Ham. I think if you took Hamilton out, this would be like uh, might be looking scary. like the wide receiver. Maybe yeah. not quite the wide receivers, but <laughs> um, they would be like in that C range. But I think yeah. Hamilton lifts everyone up. I think Crawford's playing really good football. He's playing well. Um, you know, so uh, Bracy's been solid, but I don't know. I, I I guess I expected you know more on the the defensive side from Nick McLeod. I think he's been okay. I don't know. I think he's been maybe banged up or something. But um, so, yeah, I went we'll B plus. You, you know, Hamilton's good. <laughs> Very yes, good. <laughs> he's a plus, a plus 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 plus. Yeah. Uh, special teams. Uh, you know what? I said B plus. I think they're good. For the most part, special teams. Uh, when you you know what they used one fake to as a plus. They had some punt return issues. Uh, they had one fake that was minus. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know. I I guess their specialist their their actual punt return position. Ooh. That's pretty scary. That that's you know. why I went B because I don't. I mean, ha- they're like in the they're back in the range of when they used to have John Goodman just give a fair catch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. now Kevin Austin was, could be back there. Lawrence Keyes is coming back, but Keyes had his issues. Yeah. Um. So w- we'll see. I, I'm almost borderline making that a. B- I know. Now I C feel plus. bad about B plus. Yeah. <laughs> Coaching. Yeah, I said nay. I mean, they're the number three team in the country. They're uh, Ilya's going crazy. I know that you gave him an A. <laughs> hey. Uh, nah. I think I think they're very good. I think they're consistent. If you look at a program. They're consistent. Uh, they're consistent in uh, the position groups that are good. So offensive line, tight ends, they're good at that. Defense line and uh, linebackers, they're good with that, and it's consistent over time. And they win. Now we're coming off of a very close game, so that muddies everything. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm with I'm sure a- you're a little bit more critical. Yes. I went with a B. I said because they haven't figured out the right pu- buttons to push for this year's team to get them to play their yeah. best football. But they didn't lose the team yeah. through the COVID issues. So that's important navigate. Now, I don't want to blame the coaching staff for the COVID issues, but obviously there were COVID issues on the team. But the fact that this team didn't fall apart and was able to rally to still be undefeated after not playing huh. for a couple of weeks, you do have to give them some credit for that. But Such still, a chaotic year. Yes, so I'm going to give them a B. Overall, I think they're an A. I think oh, it is on. a good team. An A. Yeah. 
After ugh. I was always an easy grader. Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with B plus. I can't. I can't. I can't give him an A right now. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's put it this way: an A. An A is a team that can be on the field against Clemson. Well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably let them stay ranked three until then if they continue to win. <laughs> a plus 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 is a team that could beat Clemson. A can maybe stay in the field. Yeah. I went B plus because sure, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. They got to go from a B plus to at least an A in these next two games. Yeah, because well, they have not played their best football you, yet. You did see what Clemson did last week, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Seven, 70, yeah, they, 70 plus points. They score a lot. Against Georgia Tech, 70 plus points. Yes, so. All right. Uh, big thank you to Tyrac for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college level internship experience. Helping with our broadcast of high school football wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit tyrac.com. Still to come, we dive deeper into our matchup, our conversation. On Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, up next is with Pat Johnson, Notre Dame Leprechaun. This should be a good one. Stay tuned. We're back right after this on Redeemer Radio. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit, member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services to save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. The Indiana football sectionals got underway last night. Marion, St. Joe lures all big winners. Dwinger on the bye. Postseason coverage continues on 95.7 and 106.3 next Friday night here in Michiana. We'll go on the road as St. Joe's at Logansport. Tailgate talk starts at 6 p.m. next Friday in both Fort Wayne and South Bend. So uh, pretty good to see uh, everyone winning big last night. And uh, St. Joe, your St. Joe Indians, they... Uh, they can make a run now in uh, 4A, despite having a two and seven regular season. Marion can make a run. I'm, I'm Dwanger can make a run. Yep. Lures is having a down year, but, but they're still lures. They're still lures. <laughs> so I'm interested. They're they're actually coming up towards uh, Michigan area. They'll be uh, at Fairfield on. Uh, Fairfield's having now saying I think it's just great that we're in the postseason for high school football. Oh, it's awesome. People people didn't think this season was going to happen. The fact that we got to this point is really neat. It's been such a rough year with all the changes and everything. It's it's great that they made it this far. And again, now with one with Indiana High School football with uh, one sectional game down, that means half the teams are out. So half the teams are still going. You win, you're in. Otherwise, you're done. All right, uh, time now for Focus on Faith, and uh, we went the route of the Notre Dame Leprechaun. Pat Johnson grew up a Notre Dame fan in Long Island, New York, attended a lot of games here in South Bend, uh, and was a huge fan of the Notre Dame Leprechaun. He dressed up as him for Halloween as a kid, tried out for the last few years, didn't make it, has been a cheerleader instead, try out again this year. They pushed it back from April to September. He had to wait, and then he finally made it. He's not the leprechaun you see during football games, but he's in the mix. He's at soccer games and different ways like that, and uh, he has a unique story of how he almost never made it to Notre Dame despite it being his dream school. He says refusing to quit and his faith 
is allowing him to now live out his dream to be a Notre Dame leprechaun. Here's Focus on Faith with Notre Dame leprechaun, Pat Johnson. Okay, Pat, uh, just first of all, you have a very unique story because I don't know how often we hear about um, a leprechaun who's always wanted to be the Notre Dame leprechaun and has evidence to prove it. You have photos of you as a kid dressed up as a leprechaun. So why is it that you always wanted to be a leprechaun? When did this, uh, you know, love begin for you? Sure. Um, Third grade, I guess eight years old, um, the leprechaun has always been a role model to me, you know, an ambassador for the university, someone that bleeds blue and gold. Um, and I've always just loved the energy. So I grew up going to the Notre Dame football games and uh, I always sat with my parents and kind of the, what I saw as the old people section, you know, the ones that would sit down and not stand up and cheer as loud. Um, so I loved watching the energy of the student section. And then I was like, wow, the students are having a lot of fun. I looked down, the cheerleaders are having more fun. And then I saw the leprechaun. I was like, he's having the most fun. He's doing flips. He's having a great time. And um, yeah, and obviously, you know, what I think of the role has changed over time. Um, I realize he's so much more than just the guy that's having the most fun or the biggest fan. But um, yeah, it's always been a, definitely a dream of mine. That's really neat. Uh, and then growing up a Notre Dame fan, uh, you know, coming to Notre Dame and and, and having this pursuit, which I understand you've tried out quite a few times to be, to be one of the leprechauns and finally getting it now. So take us through that journey of like, hey, this is what I want to do. I'd love to, to be the leprechaun and, you know, not getting it right away and now finally having the opportunity. Sure. Um, I'm really bad at giving up. I'll be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really bad at it. Um, I actually shouldn't be where I am right now. Um, I shouldn't be at Notre Dame. I actually got waitlisted to Notre Dame. So getting off the waitlist and getting into this school was uh, a fight enough. So in order to get in, um, I really petitioned the admissions office. I really bugged them. I got all my teachers together um, and made recommendations. And it resulted, we made a little video, kind of like Legally Blonde, like, hey, you should take me because. And uh, it made its way all the way to the head of admissions. And he loved it. And there was a spot and I got in. And that kind of campaign really taught me a lot is that if you give up on a dream, it's never going to happen. So that was definitely something that carried me through the, um, you know, the the two tryouts that didn't quite go my way. Um, But I never wanted to give up the whole time because there's no point. You're not going to get what you want. So um, it was hard, but each time I, I learned a lot and I was very appreciative. You know, I had great people having my back, great coaches, I don't know. It's not always the destination. A lot of it is the journey. And I'm very lucky to be where I am right now. I mean, it's all about faith, right? Absolutely. Notre Dame uh, leprechaun Pat Johnson joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, Our focus on faith segment, and you mentioned faith. And I I wonder, I imagine in your whole journey to getting to Notre Dame, to wanting to be the leprechaun, faith had to probably play a pretty big role in this because – you know, you could, like you said, you could have easily just quit and said, all right, this is not for me. But how much did faith play a role in you sticking with it and w- wanting to pursue this? Absolutely a lot. Um, I mean, faith is something that gives me uh, a better disposition. It's something that carries me through when times are really tough. Um, one of my teammates would always say, hey, smiles are free. And hey, it's impossible to be upset and grateful at the same time. And that's something that I always like to keep in the back of my mind. Definitely like my faith. Faith in God has carried me 
through a lot of things. And uh, you'd be surprised what the human spirit is capable of, you know, rather than caving in. It's a uh, big man's got a plan, you know, so uh, don't give up on him because he won't give up on you. And uh, I'm going to sound a little, uh, a little corny here, but uh, he's the best cheerleader. <laughs> I like that. That's that's good. That's true. No lie. He is the best one. Going through Catholic school your whole life and, and now going to Catholic University at, at Notre Dame, just how important has that been in influencing you and helping to guide you, um, you know, coming from New York, wanting to come to Notre Dame and just putting it all together, to, uh, you know, as a, as a faith-filled student at, at Notre Dame? Well, I feel like I got in much better touch with my faith, probably – my junior year of high school. Um, so as for Lent, you know, usually you either give something up or you do something a little special. Uh, I guess I'm not that good at giving things up. So I wanted to do something special. So for my lunch period, uh, the first 15 minutes, I'd go to chapel, pray, do adoration of the Eucharist. Um, and it was something that I really liked. And I just kept doing it. Just 15 minutes of peace. And uh, I, I really wanted to do that and help carry me through every day of high school. I started doing it in college, you know, hitting mass every Sunday. Um, and I think that, you know, tradition of the liturgy, the Eucharist, all of that, it, it helped to guide me. And I felt like I had a better, I don't know, moral compass, conscience, like it, see right from wrong and um, be proud of who I am. And I guess that comes back to the same thing at the end of the day. It, it fulfilled me. And I think that there's something very fulfilling and intrinsically rewarding about being faithful. You know, you said you you came to games a lot as a kid. What what's a favorite memory for you uh, w- watching a Notre Dame football game growing up in person? All right, this is gonna sound very dumb and cliche, and I promise I'm not I'm not playing to the radio here. But uh, I forget which game it was, but I believe I was eight or nine. I remember I think Jimmy Clausen was the quarterback, so we might have lost, but. <laughs> I remember afterwards, I went to Legends with my brother just to like hang out. He was in the band to say what's up to his band friends, and then we were going to leave. And uh, my big brother goes, hey, Patty, look, it's the Leprechaun. And then there he was as a civilian, the Leprechaun. And I was just so awestruck, starstruck, mouth agape. Ah, Like I didn't know what to do. And um, that was just a wild moment that's really cemented its place in my mind. And when, even when I tried out for the cheer team my freshman year, these were kids that were my age, a year older, two, three years older. I was like, wow, I'm surrounded by superstars right now. Huh. Like these kids are on the Jumbotron. Like the girls can do flips. The guys can throw girls into their hands. That's crazy. I can never do that. Um, and I'm just so grateful that that is still in my mind right now. Like I'm glad I'm able to be at practice. It's a wonderful outlet for me. And, I don't know, like I'm I'm serving with such wonderful, giving people. The other three leprechauns, incredible. I wish they were here right now. Connell, Annette, Gabe, great giving people, um, and they're passionate. Now, this is an unusual year, obviously, So, and, and you aren't the lead leprechaun, um, and, and there's multiple leprechauns, and usually it's there to inspire the fan base that's there in person. Well, there's not that many fans there in person in multiple levels. So take us through what your role is on a football game day. And then also when you are actually playing the leprechaun so far this year. Um, so on a typical football game day, uh, I'm still a cheerleader. 
I'm okay. still serving the university, so I'm uh, having a great time cheering from the stands. Unfortunately, we're not able to be on the sidelines this year, but the fact that we're having a football season at all is a blessing. You know, we do have fans, and uh, it really does create a more intimate gathering, too. Like, that's something that I've really appreciated because when you call cheers, let's go Irish, someone 10 rows can hear that and join in a lot easier. You know, a lot less is drowned out. So I think it's definitely easier to connect with the fans. And I really think that that carries over to as a leprechaun. So uh, I've done a couple events so far. We did step off with the band, which was a great time. It was like me leading a parade of my 300 best friends. (laughs) So that was a great experience. Uh, And I also did one of the soccer games, which was, unfortunately, I could only interact with half of the stands because uh, we wanted to make sure everyone was safe. You know, we didn't want to make sure uh, the virus would be spread because of the pandemic, but I was able to cheer to a group of student athletes, which was a great feeling because, I mean, if there are any more passionate fans than the student athletes, I I don't know. But um, it was great. And it was that same thing, just being able to talk to people and uh, connecting with them and a lot of familiar faces. Um, Yeah. And I'm I'm just so grateful that I'm able to do what we do every day because this all could have not happened. But, I mean, the university fought for it because that's what we do. We're the Fighting Irish. We rally. And I think that's definitely something to be proud of. All right. Uh, obviously, Saturday could be a tough one. Let, let's give you the opportunity here to give a pep talk to the, to the fans listening right now who might be a little worried about this game. So I want you to go into leprechaun mode and give us, okay. give us the pep talk to get us ready for Notre Dame and Pitt. Are you ready, Irish fans? Saturday. 3.30. You know what the Irish do? They come to fight. They come to win. Yes, it's our first away game. Yes, it is. We have a tradition of excellence everywhere we go. And it doesn't stop outside of Indiana. We are going to scare them back into the locker room. You know why? Because we're the Fighting Irish. And we're proud to be the Fighting Irish. Let's go, Irish. Rally. Nice. Uh, Pat, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Angelo. I had a great time. That is Pat Johnson, Notre Dame Leprechaun, film, television, and theater and marketing major. He says one of his big goals as Leprechaun is to assist with mental health awareness. Up next, it's our game day sprint, our predictions for Notre Dame and Pitt. We're back right after this on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturday. Are you feeling sandwiched between caring for aging parents while still raising children? If so, join me, Chris Godfrey, every Monday afternoon at 12.30 for my new show, The Sandwich Generation. Every week I'll have conversations with experts and friends on this important calling. Being sandwiched is a great opportunity for growing on our friendship with God, so tune in for good advice and inspiration every Monday afternoon at 12.30 or listen anytime at RedeemerRadio.com sandwich. All right, welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, our game day sprint, and a big one. We talked a lot about Notre Dame Pitt earlier in the show. We'll get now down to the nitty-gritty. Irish are 4-0, 3-0 in the ACC. Pitt 3-3, 2-3 in the ACC. We talked about the battle between the offense of Notre Dame versus the defense of Pitt. Let's touch on real quick, Kevin, the uh, Pitt offense. Kenny Pickett, their quarterback, ankle injury, did not play last week. I'm not sure if he's going to play today. If he doesn't, Joey Yellen will be at quarterback. Your thoughts on the Pitt offense? 
Well, they're similar to Notre Dame that they have an experienced offensive line. They uh, have a good running back. They can run the ball uh, well. Um, now, without that QB, that, that's a bigger question, what do they do if they can't run the ball? No doubt about that. And I don't know. They're not as good of a running team as they used to be, though. I, I would say that. So that's a little bit of a, a, a surprise. Uh, they're only averaging about three yards per carry in the run game. So uh, not as typically as good as they are in that regard. Uh, wh what do you think happens in this game? I, I don't know. I think it's a, <laughs> a, a battle of the strengths, right? <laughs> and for the first time, you know, you always ask me what I worry about. It would be the same for both coaches. Our strength is to run the ball and um, to stop the run on defense. What do we do if that doesn't happen? Yeah, and that I don't know if I don't know if either team's going to be able to run the ball, and that means they're going to go passing, and I don't know who's going to be able to pass the ball. So it's going to be interesting. All right, your score prediction. I think it's going to be a three-point game, 10-7. Wow. You went really low. Ten, uh, Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with Notre Dame winning it 17-6. to so I think it'll be close, but I think the Irish will prevail 17-6. to All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. 3.30 kickoff for Notre Dame and Pitt. You can watch on ABC. We'll, of course, be back with you here at 9 a.m. next Saturday for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Let's take you to the pregame prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Looking for a fresh way to start your day? Need a little pick-me-up for your faith in the morning? We've got you covered with the Daily Refill. Join me, Andrea Serrani, weekday mornings from 7 to 8 for the best Catholic podcast, stories of faith from around the world and right here in our own community, plus some fun and games to help us start our days with faith and joy. Tune in weekdays at 7 for the Daily Refill on Redeemer Radio and in the Redeemer Radio app.